welcome to Grace to Stand, George. Good to see you, buddy. It's yes. we we got to see each other in person last week uh, at General Assembly, and this episode of Grace to Stand is going to be uh, just a, a recap, review, and and. Uh, kind of an overview of our experience at General Assembly, the PCA's General Assembly last week in Memphis, Tennessee. So um, I had a great time at, at GA and I spent the whole week in Memphis and I didn't eat a single piece of barbecue. I didn't eat one rib. I don't know how that's possible, but it didn't, it didn't happen. <laughs> well, you, well, you missed out, but but you know you are near Lexington, and we are the barbecue capital of the world. So, uh, but but I know, man, the rib the ribs we had, I think it was called the Rendezvous, which is right. apparently a well known. Oh my goodness, it was phenomenal. It was a ruling elder event that um, I was allowed to go to. Well, I was a ruling elder once, and in, in, you know, but uh, because of the other podcasts and stuff. So, man, the ribs were phenomenal, and so more in the PCA which stands for more ruling elders uh, in the PCA, uh, they uh, they hosted a wonderful event on Wednesday night. And, I, I, yes, it was good. You missed it. Uh, also, I am sporting uh, my GA shirt. And yeah. Darren was asking where I got that. And uh, I can't tell you and I to protect the guilty. <laughs> and so I, I am not able to tell you i need to protect i've been sworn to secrecy it is the uh the host committee shirt and it's awesome and i wish they were for sale but i was able to score one but it's a little it's a little snug on me and so if anybody knows anybody on the host committee that can get me an extra large that would be appreciated see one of the things about ga it's like it's like your freshman year at at college where all of the exhibits are out in the quad of your university campus and they're trying to give away stuff to get you involved in in campus activities and so forth and and it's you know really college that first week is almost about getting free stuff ga is a little bit about getting free stuff like free t-shirts and free books and all kinds of free things like the t-shirt from some nameless person that seemed to swipe one for you so <laughs> how do you know it was swipe one maybe yeah. it was a volunteer who Generously didn't want theirs anymore yes gave a, gave a you just don't know right you know, i have no idea where that came from i don't have one so they i wish i understand why they didn't make shirts i'm not talking about the host committee i'm just talking about you know mm -hmm. uh, the ac because right. you don't want to get stuck with you know, ten to fifty thousand dollars of unsold shirts, but it would have been a nice, uh, a nice thing. I know what I would have bought for the whole family. Right, right. And so, but they did give us these, these really cool um, commemorative coins. And you see, well, if you're watching on YouTube, you see it has a fifty on it, and on the back, it has our motto: faithful to the scriptures, true to the reformed faith, obedient to the great commission. So these were nice, and they also gave us. Uh, did you get the, Did you get a coin, Darren? No, I didn't get You it. didn't get the coin. They also gave us uh, our Declaration of Independence, <laughs> which was signed by uh, founders when they left the, the PCUS. And it, it, this has been reaffirmed at this, this General Assembly, which is neat. And so O. Palmer Robertson's signature is on there somewhere. And uh, so they had some nice, some nice souvenirs. But it was just a great, it was a great week. Wow. 
Yeah, what was it? It was great. It was really a great week, and and um, you know, it's always it's always fun to go to General Assembly. Uh, some General Assemblies are more encouraging than others. Um, I think this was, in terms of the actual business that took place, one of the one of the most, if not the most, encouraging General Assembly I've been to, and I've been to like ten of them, but now. So, so you're at the tent, yeah. yeah. This is it's it's only my third. I was encouraged on every front. So let's uh, let's talk about what General Assembly is. Let, first yeah, let's let, let's go there. Yeah, listeners may not know exactly what that is. So. You want to, oh, you want me to? First, yeah, yeah, sure. So it's it's you know when you read in the book of Acts when there was uh, when there was controversy, the church got together. We call it the Jerusalem Council. They deliberated. There were speeches made. There was discussion. Uh, James moderated it, that general assembly, and the church came out with a statement, a policy uh, that they prayed about, and then it went out and was distributed to the churches. And and so we that essentially is what. Presbyterianism is, particularly in the PCA. So it's General Assembly is our denominational meeting where we get together once a year. And while there's fellowship and worship and all kinds of, of things going on, uh, promoting the, the vision of the PCA and the, the various ministries associated with it, it, there's a lot of business and it's mainly business. It's the time when the church gets together to handle our business. Everything from uh, changing our constitution, N not the Westminster standards really, although we could, but like how we do things procedurally in the book of church order to dealing with controversies, uh, to sending cases up to our Supreme Court, the SJC, the Standing Judicial Commission. And then we also make statements. We can make statements to the churches. We can make uh, right position papers and, and approve them or, or receive them. And so that's uh, the General Assembly is the work of the church once once a year for the PCA. So on one level, you know, to the uninitiated, it can sound like we're 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 making up new stuff as we go along that's authoritative, and that's not what the General Assembly really is. What it is is, it is it is exactly what you were describing from the Book of Acts. What we're doing is we're we're plumbing the depths of Scripture and we're seeking to apply it to the specific issues facing the churches in our in our time. So the PCA has a book of church order, which is how we apply the scriptures to the specifics of church life, and that, and that is something that can be amended, it can be changed, uh, un, you know, of course, unlike the scriptures. And so there's a lot of that uh, that can that can happen at the General Assembly and and uh, also statements that are that are made uh, decisions, as you as you mentioned, but that all that all happens under the 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 authority, the normative standard of Scripture as expressed particularly through the Westminster standards. So, yeah. uh, so just, just for the sake of clarity for anybody you know, not super familiar with Presbyterianism and particularly the PCA, we're, we're, we're not inventing new, doc, new doctrines, we're not uh, you know, removing <laughs> old doctrines, we're, we're applying the timeless truths of Scripture to the circumstances of our own time and place. Absolutely, absolutely. So, like, you know, there's been abuse scandals in in Christendom, and so how do we apply what the Scripture says to 
things like you know pastoral abuse, sexual abuse, domestic domestic abuse. It's you know or or human sexuality. You know we know we've mm-hmm. we've had many years of that now, five years of of that going on. And so how do we speak to the issues of the day uh, biblically and and in a way that helps the church? So yeah, absolutely. Now we're going to get into the details of of that uh, in a moment, but first of all, George, you know what what was GA like for you? I mean, you said this is your third general assembly. I believe this is my my tenth or eleventh. I've been going for quite a quite a number of years. But what you know, when you go to to GA, you arrive in you know Memphis as it, as the case was this year. What was that like? What are your What are you seeing? What are you experiencing? Um, just give us a little rundown of, of that from your perspective of things. Sure, sure. Uh, first, my first my expectations. I really didn't know what to expect at this general assembly. There wasn't a super contentious, controversial thing. I mean, some things were controversial to some people, but the heat wasn't there that it was in in coming in in previous years and so and that could be for various reasons i mean the we i mean we could say his name whatever greg johnson the pastor who who a lot of the controversy had surrounded has has left the pca and his church with him uh just stating facts not uh, right sort of reveling in that or anything but a lot of the controversy that that he brought with revoice uh hosting it and promoting it is uh is out of the pca but that doesn't mean issues are completely gone but again the heat was kind of gone so i didn't know what to fully expect also some of the anticipation was the celebration of the 50th and how much um how much that would sort of characterize what we were what we were going to experience and then thirdly as far as expectations was like you know we lost a number of uh fathers in the faith the best way to say it you know mm-hmm. uh, tim keller harry reader and others were were mentioned that i um i'm less familiar with but mm-hmm. so it was it was interesting going into it but getting to it well first of all <clears throat> i always get there sunday i don't no not always I'm trying to think what I did last year. It doesn't matter. I got there. We got there Sunday night. Yeah, we got there Sunday last year too. And it's just, it's super helpful to, to arrive when there's not, uh, all the commotion, <laughs> because once it's it's it's, it's just like a calm. You can get settled in. You can get into your room. You can navigate things. You can see where things are because, sometime around Tuesday afternoon into Tuesday night things got crazy quick you know mm-hmm. with just people and lines and it's it's uh it's an event it's a it's a thing so we got got there like i said sunday evening we do that because we had i was on a committee on monday and uh a couple of us that we were traveling with had to be there for monday morning and so there you got a you know monday early in the day just joyful just a joyful spirit uh the host committee so for people listening, the administrative committee does all the planning and pre-work and all that, but but there's a ton of volunteers that are needed to help show people where to go, to check people in to the assembly, register. I mean, that, the host committee typically does that, and the host committee just did a wonderful job. I thought the I thought the accommodations were great. 
I, I know there were some hotel issues for a number of people with overbooking and they got relocated, but the convention site and the 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 hotel right there were just really convenient and so it is sad for people that couldn't stay there um, well i will say this yeah. we we had never intended in we never i registered late there was no room at that hotel anyway so we stayed at a hotel uh, about three quarters of a mile down the road but one of the one of the great things that they did is they had shuttles that were going every 15 to 30 minutes to all the hotels in the area to take people from their hotels to the convention center, which was really wonderful this year because, I mean, I, I travel, you, you went by yourself, but I came with my wife and my two youngest kids and it's no small thing to, to, uh, you know, take your, your three-year-old and, and six-year-old, uh, on a three quarters of a mile walk to the convention center and then a three quarters of a mile walk back and you never know what the weather's going to be like if it's going to be you know terribly stormy or just unbelievably hot and humid i mean memphis in june is is not known for its mild weather but i should say the weather was really fantastic i mean unbelievably wonderful this time but i thought the host committee did a great job the convention center was 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 just really outstanding I mean, it was a great place to have it. Um, uh, but uh, what you know, one of the things you're right. There's just tons of people, and and so I think this year, what did we have? A, a little over 2,200 commissioners, which would be teaching elders and ruling elders who registered to to vote to, to be commissioners at the general assembly, right? I mean, it was something like that. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see the actual number. I, I noticed like there were votes that were 1,500 or less, so. I don't know where the the other 700 people were uh, during certain votes, but I, you know, like Greg Green, our ruling elder, he couldn't make it because mm -hmm. his mom had a, a car accident just days before, and it was pretty bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we keep her in prayer, our prayers. But um, so it'll be interesting to see how many people were actually there. How many people? I it's but there but were it over, over. It was well over 2,000 commissioners. But then you think, yes. of, for instance, I. I brought my wife and children. A lot of other people brought their their wives and, and children. There were there were several PCA ministers there that, uh, because of just the nature of their ministry, I know with ministry to state, most of our guys didn't even register because they were as commissioners. But they were there, you know, mainly to meet with people regarding uh, our ministry and so forth. So, I mean, there were probably in the neighborhood of approaching 3,000 ministers, which is which is more than half of the PCA, which is something when you consider that the PCA has churches in, I think, 49 of the 50 states and throughout Canada and then missionaries across the, the the world. But then you've got families, as I mentioned, you have volunteers, and then you have a number of exhibitors that are there. I mean, that, you know, you're, you're talking approaching, you know, definitely 4,000 or so people. So it's a it's a good number of, of people, but there's a at General Assembly there's a huge ex exhibit hall that has a, just a, a whole myriad of different ministries. Some of which are are part of the PCA's agencies, such as Mission to the World, Mission to North America, Reform University Fellowship, and so forth. Uh, and then others are are uh, you know book publishers, seminaries. 
uh, and various other ministries that are sort of corollaries, uh, but informally related to the to the PCA. And what I appreciate about that is that in our own local churches, we it's it's very easy for understandable reasons to just get locked into what's happening in our own local church, almost to feel as if we're congregational churches. You know, even though we we might operate as Presbyterians on the local church level, it, it's almost like this de facto, like we're just kind of on an island in and of ourselves, or we're maybe we're connected with the the churches in our presbytery, but not really throughout the whole. It just doesn't sometimes feel like that within our whole denomination. But when you go to general assembly, you really see just the unbelievable resources that PCA churches and ministries have access to. So, for instance, one of the most unreached groups of people in our own nation are families who have children with certain disabilities, um, physical disabilities, uh, you know, Down syndrome, whatever, whatever the case may be. And churches are not always uh, very well equipped or know how to minister well to, uh, to such children and to such families. The PCA has a very well-oiled machine regarding disability ministries. And for churches and pastors to be able to go to General Assembly once a year to connect with that ministry, to learn about what that ministry has to offer and how they can serve the church is just a tremendous benefit. And that's just one example of of, of 50 that I think that I could give that the PCA has. So, um, I mean, ministry, M&A, Ministry in North America, we have so many ministry partners. Ministry to State, which I work for, is one of them uh, that ministers to the government. But lots of people in the PCA do not even know a thing about Ministry to State. But we also have ministries that are working to plant churches amongst, amongst Portuguese-speaking uh, people in the United States and, and, and the Haitian community in certain areas and, and uh, you know, all sorts of, of uh, ministries that are out there that the PCA has access to and that are, that are connected to PCA agencies. And I think that's an encouraging thing and a helpful reminder for pastors and elders who are attending GA to lean into so they can take that back to their local churches and better equip their local churches for ministry as well. Yes, and, and you can see that both in the exhibitor hall, which is huge, but also during the the reports that are given to the assembly throughout the assembly. Right, right. And so you can hear all those good things. And I really wish, I even asked uh, Dr. Chapel, our stated clerk, mm-hmm. in one of the meetings, uh, committee of commissioner meetings that I sat in on, he started rattling off statistics. And I said, well, do do you have those in one place? Maybe I just have to get his notes (laughs) because he goes, well, yeah, they're in the clerk's report. And then he was like, well, then they're in the admin report. And it's like, but like he rattled off something like we have 300 and something, almost 400 RUF chapters, this many MTW missionaries around the world, this many new church plants, this many. And and some of those are statistics are in the state of clerk's report, but a lot of them that he was mentioning wasn't. And you just see, wow, our reach is, uh, is, is large and it's growing and relatively large. I mean, we're a small little nook of, of Christianity, but 
um, we're growing in a part of the world where Christianity is not. And so that's Mm -hmm. America, (laughs) you know. Right, right. I mean, we we are, I mean, the PCA is, uh, so there was some celebration and we're moving in a direction. I mean, we're we're approaching uh, 400,000 members within PCA churches. Now, on one level, that may sound like, like a lot, but the four hundred thousand people is roughly a, a, a little, maybe slightly more than half of the population of the city limits of Charlotte, North Carolina, in the scope of the whole you know, United States of America. I mean, we're 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 just a we're a, a speck of sand. Uh, in in our nation and really throughout the world, but the PCA outpunches its weight. You know, so we may be somewhat small in number, uh, but we 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 have a, a, a an influence, I think, within uh, not just the Reformed world, but maybe even more into to broad evangelicalism, which I. Uh, that's another discussion, uh, uh, but uh, nonetheless, I mean, I think the PCA is out punching its weight, and I was encouraged by the stated clerk's report because he was uh, talking about how, you know, most churches and, and uh, denominations have not really recovered since COVID. I mean, they're they're around twenty percent down in in attendance and and membership. And uh, denominations, generally speaking, from, uh, of course, the progressive liberal one, I, I mean, truly liberal denominations, uh, such as the PCUSA and, and, and so forth, are, are dying on the vine. But even, even other, otherwise, um, you know, faithful denominations are, are shrinking in numbers in the United States. And the, the PCA, I mean, we're not... We're not like bursting at the seams by any stretch of the imagination, but we're, but we're still growing some, and that's a, that's a that's a a trend that is really an outlier uh, within Amer- American Christianity, and I'm encouraged by that. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, with COVID, there was some shrinkage, but. Um there was shrink shrinkage everywhere, and so it's good to know we're back on on track mm-hmm. to what we we mm-hmm. were and this assembly was just god settled the, the hearts it seemed like he, it said he settled controversy he settled mm-hmm. hearts he settled mm-hmm. contentiousness there were some moments you know because we did there, there are disagreements in the pca but it was just a moment of uh of great team spirit in, in our denomination and what the Lord has done for 50 years. And there were really honoring moments. Like there was the assembly wide seminar Wednesday morning. That was, it was tough because it was 8 AM and there were some other that uh, people typically try to plan things for that morning, but you could see it online, but they had founders, uh, four of them. I think that, I think they signed that document. Dr. Palmer Robertson was, was one of them, but great stories and testimonies of the founding of the denomination. And then the fourth one was, was Dr. Robertson, and he just preached. He he just, I don't think he even mentioned the founding of the denomination or where the, he just he just gave his word for what he wants to see, which is ministers to um, stand on the word of God 
and he's and he he one cool thing he said was we are we're there to present the bride of Christ as ministers. We're there to present the bride of Christ, particularly the PCA in our context, you know, sanctified um, back to God, and and it was just cool. It was a cool moment, right? And uh, yeah, great great assembly. And so I don't know if you want to get into some of the more specifics or specific areas of. Yeah, lot, let's, yeah. let's talk a little bit about um, some of the specific areas that that the uh, assembly addressed. Um, I, I agree with you. It was it was certainly that the heat w- that I think we've experienced in some of the more recent general assemblies was certainly ratcheted down. I mean, it was not it was not uh, what I think it had been, you know, la- you know the last few years, uh, but. Yes, but you know, specific areas of encouragement. I mean, I think you start on day one, and and um, the the election of uh, the moderator, our friend Fred Greco, uh, was was elected moderator of the General Assembly, which means that he 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 keeps it all running and makes sure that you know that Presbyterians are known for having a high value for things being done decently and in order. And I mean, this guy—he—he—he he, he did exactly what I expected him to do. He is a well-oiled machine. He—I—I I think he does his devotions in the Old and New Testaments in the morning, and then spends another good bit of time doing some devotions in the BCO and and uh, Robert's Rules because he. Um, he just kept this on track. He, he he moderated so well, so so graciously, so um, confidently uh, in the spirit. I mean, there was a motion at the very end of the assembly to make him the the permanent moderator, which of course you can't do. It was in jest, <laughs> but, um, but he he did a he did a great job. I mean, so we in the the general assembly was the business of the general assembly was completed at about 3.30 in the afternoon on Thursday. And you yeah. and I have been in general assemblies that went till midnight on Thursday, where they were about to shut the lights out. And I've even been to general assembly where the business overflowed until Friday morning. And, um, you know, which is not necessarily a fault of the, the previous moderators. It could have just been what was going on. But, I mean, he, he just did a very, very good job. I think people have all sides of, I mean, whichever your persuasion is in the PCA, I think they, they thought very highly of his work and that it was very fair. And so we we just appreciate uh, Fred and, and his work there. But um, in, in terms of the more specific business, there, there, uh, we one of the areas which we started off with is something that probably sounds about as exciting as watching you know the 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 corn grow out in the cornfield and it's just it's it's like watching paint dry for sure and it is the review of presbytery records what that is is it's a committee um consisting of representatives of the various presbyteries and what they do is they review all of the minutes of each uh pca presbytery over the course of the past year you know, was there anything that came out of that that was of particular note? Uh, well, yeah, I think so. I, it is good you went to that RPR review of Presbytery records, and so Dr. Robertson has often told us 
that in the founding of the PCA, what took the old denomination liberal was the committees and agencies of the denomination and the seminaries, the, the universities or colleges, whatever educational institutions they, they had. And so in the founding of the PCA, they specifically created this review and control, this checks and balances. And one of, a part of that is that the assembly, through the review of presbytery records, uh, I guess it's a committee, um, reviews the presbytery records. And, you know, wh when we have issues we see going on in other presbyteries, and y you can't bring charges against another something going on in a presbytery. You can ask them to investigate it, and their court has to deal with it or not deal with it. And it's really hard to get that brought up to the General Assembly. However, if a presbytery, I mean, to, to the SJC, however, if a presbytery is doing things that are out of order, that can come up in the review of their records. And this year, there were two cases that went, that were referred to the Standing Judicial Commission because they were going on in these presbyteries. And I think that really sets the tone for a part of the overarching theme of, of this whole assembly was this was an assembly that was really a, a statement on transparency and accountability. And some that don't really agree with us have dubbed it the um, authoritarian, authoritarian General Assembly. Mm -hmm. But but to do so is just, it's so unfair. It's so unfair to characterize being able to, or, or doing what our duty is and our conscience tells us we have to do within the bounds of our courts and within our constitution to call that authoritarian. Nothing was done in this assembly that was outside of our constitution. Mm -hmm. And and so, but some, you know, there there, there is sort of this divide of trust the courts, trust the agencies, trust, and yeah, we say we trust, but we have mechanisms to review, and then we have mechanisms by which to question and bring things to the assembly, and, and those were used. So, <clears throat> you know, that happened probably five different ways at General Assembly with, you know, I, I don't I don't think we want to go into the each and every each and every one, but just to say they, you know, things were added to our constitution that solidified that agencies and Permanent committees have to record in their minutes things that show this transparency that we're talking about, and 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 that we view that as a good thing. Things went up to the SJC, so and, and really things that affected both sides of the spectrum, right? Like one issue was a, a woman Episcopal pastor in in New York has been allowed to preach at worship services within that presbytery, so that's going to the SJC. Another was. Mm -hmm. a church in, in, in what's viewed as a more conservative area, but they didn't do a congregational meeting according to how they were supposed to and, and record votes how they were supposed to. Uh, apparently, I'm, I'm still not clear on that. And that's going to the SJC. And so there's there's accountability, and that will provide clarity. Um, RUF had their affiliation agreement, which is how they can have RUF ministers, pastors on college campuses within presbyteries, and it really didn't go through the assembly through approval, or I've heard mixed reports on this now since my update, and some says, no, it did, but they have some exceptions to it. At any rate, the the policies, the major policies of our agencies need to at least get checked off by the assembly, if not gain full approval, and all that kind of 
kind of came out in this assembly. So I thought that was a, a good thing for anybody who has concerns with how do we, what mechanisms do we have if things are happening in, in this denomination uh, that we're not happy with. Right, right. So, I mean, the whole issue of we just need to trust committees, we need to trust presbyteries. I mean, what you said is exactly right. But, the you know, trust does not mean you just don't have any accountability to them. You do. And so we have 88 presbyteries and two presbyteries were cited um, for uh, for a dereliction of responsibility so that's not that's not very much one um you know i would i think that the new metro new york presbytery was a pretty a pretty gross uh failure on their part and they and they need to so they will be facing the you said the sjc the standing judicial commission which uh, is a the the commission that um you know makes some makes determinations as to whether or not uh, Presbyterian churches, certain uh, cases of discipline are within the the scope of our of our standards and constitution and, and scripture, so they'll be uh, they'll be having to face the the uh, uh, you know to to address the issue of the the woman preaching there. That is, of course, not widespread within the PCA, but that was something that was certainly a an, an outlier issue. Um, so. Uh, what else? What would be what would be some other areas of encouragement that that you yes. saw or so I, parts of business that were right. important for our listeners? Yeah. So there's been two themes I would think mm -hmm. that have run through the last three general assemblies, at least mm -hmm. if not four, and and they're both important. One is the whole the whole idea around human sexuality, and particularly the uh, the the gay movement and the transgenderism movement just human sexuality in, in general and then the other is around abuse and how we deal with and and support abuse victims how we deal with abuse uh cases and so i don't know if you noticed but the last three years both of these themes have really had a lot of attention in the assembly and i think that's a good thing and so both from last year's assembly and this year's assembly there's been new things that have have come up so we've codified the overtures from last year's assembly so the ones that the again if you're from metaview that we've been talking about for a year all but two passed the necessary two-thirds of the presbyteries and all the ones that passed the presbyteries which were quite a few passed this general assembly and why that's significant is because one of those at least and i think there were more actually there were but but one in particular is a is very helpful in abuse cases and to abuse victims. And there have been some attempts at this General Assembly to say the PCA doesn't care about abuse or abuse victims and has done nothing about abuse and abuse victims. And it's just simply, Entirely I mean, false. it's honest, it's, it's slanderous, really. And so... Entirely um, false. <laughs> it's false and, and it's it's slanderous and you're, slanderous. You're, you're causing derision of the Bride of Christ that is the PCA. Lie. Yeah, it's a straight up lie. So again, we uh, we received the abuse report last year that was commissioned two years before, mm -hmm. and we passed uh, last year provisions to protect victims of abuse during trials against their abuser. And and mm -hmm. you know you, you say this is common sense maybe, but it but it, if our book of church order says 
d doesn't allow for these provisions, we have to add them. And we added them last year, passed the Presbyteries, and this 50th General Assembly has codified that in our Constitution. That was an action of this General Assembly. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing with around human sexuality. Two overtures that passed last year mm -hmm. and passed the Presbyteries are now uh, passed this Assembly. And they affect both ordination requirements and standards for ministers. So that's good. And then both those kind of topics had more overtures that are brand new to this assembly that um, that have passed. And the problem f for some is some of the abuse provision provisions to protect against abuse, those were, uh, they either failed or they were referred back to the presbytery. And people say, like, a no vote on an overture at the General Assembly does not mean we don't agree with the heart and spirit of it. It might mean this needs more work and it needs to go back to, it needs to go back, to send it back next year. And unfortunately, Presbyterianism takes a long time. But we, you want, if you get it wrong, you could actually end up hurting the people you're trying to help because there was an unforeseen circumstance in a word that was used or a phrase that was used that can be twisted or whatever. And so we fully in, in expect next year's assembly to have better crafted language around those particular uh, those particular ones that failed. So, <clears throat> Right, right. So other overtures, overture 13 was, I think, was a, an important one that uh, there was a lot of discussion about, which had to do with whether or not atheists uh, can be admitted as witnesses in church courts. So in cases of discipline and so forth, can an atheist testify in church court? The assembly determined, uh, uh, and it was a, it was a close vote, uh, but they determined that no atheists uh, may not uh, bear witness in a church court, which is consistent with our uh, Constitution as it is already. Uh, uh, George, did you, did you have any uh, thoughts about how that debate went and and uh, what were some of the uh, opposing and, and supporting arguments for that? I, I, I understood, yeah, I understood the, the heart behind why people wanted that. And again, this was one of those abuse ones. Mm -hmm. So if, if if an atheist has evidence against, say, a pastor in an abuse case, shouldn't their testimony be admitted? But the problem is it's a misunderstanding, first of all, of the civil sphere and the ecclesiastical sphere, mm -hmm. ecclesial sphere. And it's, it's a misunderstanding of what a court of the church is. Like, Jesus Christ is the head of the church. They have to take an oath to have them take an oath that they can't take. Mm -hmm. And so the problem was, well, what, how, what do you do with that evidence? Well, the same thing you do with any evidence. I mean, whether or not the atheist testifies within a court case in the PCA doesn't mean the, the PCA always uses outside evidence in, in their cases if it's available. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the, the anecdote was, well, what if there's a, a rape kit was done by an atheist and, and then the, the, the results of that were lost? I mean, like, talk about an anecdotal thing. Right. But, yeah. Any, the police investigation is valid in a in a PCA case already. A friend of mine said, you know, if, if somebody came to me and said, uh, this, you know, I was sexually abused by this person, 
I'm not handling that in the court, the court of the church. I'm calling the police. I mean, I, we have an obligation. <laughs> right, right. Do you, you know what I'm saying? And then now there's police evidence that, that can be used. So the, the, legally, the only issue. You're legally bound to do so. Yes. You're right. Right. And so not anyway. Not only I, by the PCA constitution, but by the laws of the state. Right, right. And then, and then we would use whatever comes out of that in our own sort of church discipline measures. We don't require that an atheist come in and mm -hmm. anyway. So other uh, overtures that I think were important had to do again with the sexuality uh, issues. We've been facing that for, I mean, I don't know, five years at least. Uh, the the influence of uh, you know the the revoice movement or adopting a, a homosexual identity yet um, you know professing to live in celibacy and so forth. This year, uh, a an overture reached the general assembly and it was passed more overwhelmingly than any of the previous uh, 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 overtures have been passed. I think almost 90 percent passed. Uh, the, the General Assembly passed overture 23 by almost an almost a 90 percent vote, which, you know, it's hard to get 90 percent of people to believe that the sun came up in the morning. So but uh, what, what can we say about that? I know Meadowview, the session there was involved in, in some of that yeah. as well. So um, what else? So, yeah, I think it's helpful. I think because, like we said, two overtures did pass last year that went through the presbyteries, then passed this year. So just to help people understand the differences, mm -hmm. we the one issue of human sexuality has been tried to be dealt with on multiple fronts. Mm -hmm. And we've dealt with the sanctification and indwelling sin issues and that was codified in in this book of church order around ordination requirements qualifications for for office like we we've dealt with like if you don't believe in progressive sanctification you can't be an elder um if you don't believe that sinful desires are rightly sin then then you can't be an elder we we've done that and that's that's been right. good work so that's two of the three pieces the third piece is how you view that sin struggle in your life and we've been trying to tackle it by this identity concept you know saying like gay but celibate pastor and that has failed two years in a row and so there's been a third attempt to try to get at what the issue of that is without using the word identity. And I think that's what this latest overture kind of does. It kind of identifies the issues with why having an identity that's rooted in sin is not characteristic of a Christian, while at the same time acknowledging that our confession says, you know, while imperfection in this life still exists. And so we can have struggles with, with sin or desire, but, but um, how we view them. So... That passed, which is good, and then Meadowview's overture that you mentioned was uh, answered in reference to Overture 23, which means the answer to Meadowview's overture, which was Overture 17, is we've decided that this is solved by Overture 23. Right. And so this Overture 23, which interestingly, two years ago, it was Overture 23 that, that uh, <laughs> right. failed. But anyway, Overture 23 will go to the Presbyterians now. And it's, it's well written, and it, it had a lot of consensus. And ultimately, if people are not willing to follow our rules, it's still going to go on. You know, we can write whatever we want in the Constitution. Yeah, and 
this, that's a that's a good point, and that is a a good sidebar uh, conversation to have. So, I I think it's a little naive to think that if we just can modify our book of church order to address some of these issues that are facing the PCA, then they will all go away. Um, we we need we need to do these things because they they carry some judicial weight they carry some punch and it's uh it's prudent to do so but at the end of the day it is people who apply these and we 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 do have in the pca as you would in churches of any size um people who are um who are who are who treat the book of church order as mere uh, suggestion, advice, something to take or leave. They treat the confession of faith in such a way. Um, we know these people, um, and uh, it it happens more often than we'd like to admit. And if they are going to act in obstinacy towards the book of church order, towards what we've agreed to, towards their ordination vows, uh, then that's that's what they're going to do. However, the good thing about having these amendments to the book of church order is that there is judicial action that can be taken. There's there's actual force that can be taken when um, when people act as 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 either bad actors or in in uh, wanton uh, you know dereliction of duty or in, in even in ignorance. So I think that it's important the, the the assembly's work on this is important, but I think that we also cannot take for granted that simply because we've addressed these issues through uh, the general assembly that they that they therefore vanish as issues in the PCA. They they don't um, because there are there are sinful no. people around. So I think that's just an important thing to keep in mind. So so what, practically for our listeners, what that means is you need to do your due diligence. If you move to a new city, for instance, you know, <laughs> don't just assume because the pastors there have uh, you know passed their they went to seminary and passed their ordination exams and and supposedly affirmed the Westminster Confession of Faith and and uh, and uh, Took ordination vows to to uh, submit to the government and discipline of the the, the church of the, the uh, of the book church order and so forth that they that they actually do so um, you know do your due diligence ask some questions find out and and make your decision in, in an informed way I think that yeah that that's good um, I guess I guess since we went into some detail here and by the way if if you want all the details. Uh, Kevin Miller, myself, and again Meadowview, listening. We wrote a uh, twenty item, a twenty highlights of General Assembly, and you can find that on uh, on the Meadowview website or on my own blog, uh, irreverentreverend.org, and you can see the text that was approved and and all that. But I guess since we kind of gave a, an overview, there were two two statements that were approved. One is there's going to be a statement against um, medical reassignment surgeries particularly uh, of minors and that will be sent to the government and um, so that that did pass so it's basically a statement against um, butchering of of mm -hmm. the image of God in, in people particularly mm -hmm. kids and then secondly is uh, that this statement to all churches uh, which 
which we all got a copy of, which was that. And so that is being reaffirmed in our 50th year. It has a lot of the principles of the denomination. And that's going to be sent to our mother denomination, uh, the P, uh, a prodigal mother is, mm -hmm. is what it says, the PCUS. And so it was, like you said, we got out early on Thursday. There was a worship service um a few hours later because that was on the the schedule and the worship services were just great the singing of the assembly was great i think the first worship service must have had over three thousand people at it because mm -hmm. that's when a lot of families are, are there and stuff the very first one but overall i am very encouraged at the direction of the pca there were moments where i was just overwhelmed with god's faithfulness to this denomination that we're a part of and also just sort of moments of like how like why would he use me in it you know mm -hmm. and he does and so uh we are grateful to the king of the church jesus christ for reform theology the pca our history and uh we we pray for another for 50 more good years you know right. where we 50 more years of of kingdom growth so right when you think of the you know the 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 rottenness that in so many ways exists within our own souls and even within that of her her overseers and you think of the um rottenness of our of the of the world in which we live and the um you know sort of visceral um hatred of the things of Christ that that's in the world and you think of just the spiritual forces of of darkness that are out there it it is truly amazing that god has extended so much grace to the mm. pca i mean he has been merciful he has been gracious he has been patient he has you know continued to raise up um men to serve in the offices of the church who are faithful men who are boldly and yet with compassion and grace and truth proclaiming the word of God. He's raised up so many gifted women uh, in the church and, and other laymen in the church to, to serve him um, from sea to shining sea and across the world. And uh, that's that's a, a a wonderful thing to praise the Lord for um, that he has that he has done that and and like you I mean if he should tarry uh, we we need to continue to pray that the Lord would continue to keep the PCA faithful to the scriptures true to the reformed faith and obedient to the great commission because the moment we start taking that for granted we the moment we start assuming the gospel is the moment that it will be uh, uh, rejected in the next generation denied in the generation after that and opposed so uh, we we can't take these things for granted but there's so much for which we can give thanks to God uh, and with regard to his faithfulness in the PCA. Amen. Amen. I love General Assembly. I mean, the, the luncheons were phenomenal. The, the, it's almost like you never know what's going to happen because you run into somebody and suddenly you're grabbing coffee with them, you know, and the, the, the GRN luncheon was, was great. I went to the Greenville seminary luncheon too. They were, 
just very gracious and uh, g good word there. And I'm gonna miss it. I, I do miss it because it's it's neat to you know you you passed you've pastored in a number of different states. I've been into mm -hmm. Florida and mm -hmm. North Carolina now, but because of social media and this didn't exist probably 15 years ago, we know so many people just because of social media that then you get to, it's like the the number of times I hear people say, "Oh, it's good to put a you know to see you in person or to put a face with a a name because." you know social media you could make your right. picture anything <laughs> and so yeah it was it was it was good i'm encouraged I'm, I'm looking forward to the work of the church as we move forward and everything you said was was spot on and then uh we had a long drive back uh kevin and i yeah, pablo stayed with his family for a while we had driven out together oh yeah by the way one of the one of the highlights for me was they upgraded us to a bmw convertible they did. I saw. <laughs> that was awesome. You know what? If you've got to take a ride from Lexington, North Carolina, to Memphis and back, you don't you don't want to be in you know like a Chevy Spark. You want to be in something comfortable. And uh, yeah, you you got the you got the high right. user. I know the trick now. I know the trick. See, we originally met rented a mini. We should have flown. I mean, if it's only three of us, we should have flown, but. We thought we were going out with five of us, and then last minute, literally last minute issues mm. came up. And so we had a minivan rented, and those are usually comfortable with the bucket seats and everything. And so, but I was like, well, we don't need the minivan, and it's more money, and I have to go to Winston Salem to get it. So I canceled that literally the night before, like, um, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. And then I booked a car, a full size car in Lexington at like 11 o'clock or 11.30. And so they wake up the next day and, and they, they see there's a rental. And let, well, Lexington would need to get that rental from somewhere. And we're picking it up first thing in the morning. So they had to give us what was on the lot. <laughs> and it, I mean, the, the sunroof on this thing was awesome. So we, we were cruising in style. And the, the drive back, um, we, we lost a lot of time on the drive back because we stopped at Bucky's. And uh, I, I told you. <laughs> That's a place I, where you can, you can lose some time. Yes. So if you've never been of, it, of uh, you know, gas station stops, uh, it's not merely a gas station stop. It's a it's an experience. Bucky's is an experience. You have to go to. First of all, the gas is probably 20 cents cheaper than the guy across the street and they have like 50 pumps. But I mean, the, the, the brisket sandwiches in this place and the, I mean, they have like. 30 kinds of beef jerky and every kind of candy and and I've been to Bucky's before so I you know I can I can do Bucky's in 15 minutes fill up run in grab a sandwich and grab a couple things and get out but but Kevin kept me there for like over an hour uh, buying <laughs> souvenirs at Bucky's and then then we went to Smoky Mountain Knife Works because that was on the way and that's like that's like Bass Pro Shops but all knives and we were in there for an hour so it was a long drive back and How about you? you lose an hour coming back as well. And then we lost an hour coming back. That's right. Yes. Right. How was your drive back with the with the? How many of the family did you come out with? My drive was great because we flew. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. that's right. You guys flew. So, so right. We had a we got a had a nonstop from Memphis to to Raleigh Durham, and it was an hour and twenty minute flight, and oh. we were back. It was great, and so uh, that was there was no way we were going to drive. 
you know, however long, 12, 10, 11, 12 hours there and back with a uh, three-year-old and a, and a six-year-old in, in tow. That's, the, that's a, a two-day trip when you've got that when you've got those little ones and uh you know uh so we flew and it was it was a piece of cake so oh that's good man your kid your your family seeing your family worship uh i think it was wednesday night when when ligan duncan preached that was just phenomenal because i was behind you guys on an angle and i I mean your your kids are great man and it was good to see melanie it was fun fun to have them there and i and i will say this just you know kind of in closing the the worship services you know Having the opportunity to hear from uh, Randy Thompson, who I've had the privilege of knowing for for many years, and Ligon Duncan, who I've known for for twenty years or so, at least that long since since my days in Jackson, and and uh, Les Newsom, who I, I've only met a couple times, but he's uh, just one of the one of the truly gifted preachers mm. in the PCA, the, you know, former. RUF minister at Memphis and Ole Miss, and now pastoring in Oxford, Mississippi. Like th- those men are just hearing the word from them is just so soul nurturing. And it reminds me that you know that we have so many great preachers in the PCA, guys you've never heard of. I mean, just people who are way under the radar. And um, that's something for which we can be so thankful for that uh, we we have men who just take the word. They just take the word seriously. They take preaching seriously, and they bring it. and And the you know, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And, Amen. And, and we we have uh, men who really believe that, and uh, uh, members of churches who really believe that that uh, that's how we are are saved and sanctified through the preaching of the word. And so they take it seriously. They listen to it seriously. And and um, so just. You know, every time we get to hear from men like that, it reminds me that they are they are indicative of what we have across the board in the PCA, and, and I'm grateful for that. So, um, yeah, it was a great week. I'm looking forward to next year. We'll be in Richmond, Virginia. It's a little closer. A little closer. Yes. Well, I guess I guess that's it. And so thanks for listening to Grace to Stand. And Darren and I will be ne- back next week, and we will surprise you because I don't think we know what we're going to talk about. But uh, <laughs> uh, I heard – what's that? Fascinating of the highest order. So <laughs> Yes. Although I I, um, I received feedback. I don't know if you got any at GA. People liked the larger catechism stuff we did, and I, I saw that being shared. And like I said, for, the, for this uh, update we just did – if you want to see the nuts and bolts, and, and I, I have all the links in the article too, so you can actually see source documents for what we've approved, and it's all bulleted out, and it's easy. And then also our friend Ryan Beasy has a great summary that's more editorial. And uh, so anyway, uh, God bless the PCA. Mm-hmm.